Reverend Wendy begins a new series based on the book The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Reverend Wendy talks about giving and how we give of ourselves when we share our thoughts and feelings with each other. Also, how we give of ourselves when we truly listen and when we are truly present to other folks in their pain. So I bet you can't guess which chapter in the prophet we're going to be looking at this morning. Take a guess. A wild guess. Yes, his chapter on giving. How many of you have this book, The Prophet? That's a vast majority of you. Any of you read it recently? Maybe picked it up because you knew the series was coming? No? Okay, well, I've picked it up because the series is, is here. So, The Prophet, a, a powerful, insightful, inspiring book that um, is as relevant today as it was when it was written. Khalil Gibran was raised in a Christian family. However, he was largely influenced by Islam and by the mystical arm of Islam, Sufism. He lived from 1883 to 1931. If you do the math, that's a really short life. I didn't realize that. Just 48 years and yet wrote as very much a very wise person with ideas that still live in the minds and hearts of so many people. Ideas from the pieces that he wrote in the prophet have been the basis of sermons, the basis of speeches, the basis of memorial services and weddings. I don't know if you're aware of it, but the book, The Prophet, sold tens of millions of copies and is still in print today and people are still buying it today. It was translated into 50 languages. That's pretty impressive when you think about it, 50 languages. What that says to me is that these ideas have struck a resonant chord in people all over our planet. I reminisce a little bit about the prophet. This is the, my original copy. I've had it for many, many, many years. And one of the very first series of lessons I ever did when I founded this, the Unity Center, back in 1983, I think it was the second series I did, was a series on Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. So we're gonna jump into it this morning. We're going to jump into his piece on giving. But before we do, I want to ask you to just check in with yourself for a moment. When you hear that the topic is giving, how do you feel inside? And especially when you hear that the topic is giving and it's in church. Because I know that context can also change the way we, we hear things. This is not a talk about getting you to do anything at all, okay? But notice what comes up for you when you take in the word giving. Notice what comes up for you when you have an opportunity to give. Notice perhaps how you feel and what you say to yourself when you see a homeless person asking of you to give something. How does it feel at work when your boss says to you, give more, or your partner or your spouse says the same. So just kind of notice, and notice without judging yourself for it. Just notice, is there resistance? Is there bitterness? Is there fear? Is there joy? Is there closing down? Is there opening up? 
Simply, simply notice. And then notice how you feel as we explore Gibran's ideas. This whole topic of giving, as you think about it, our first introduction to it, most of our, our first introduction to it, is around the idea of sharing as kids, right? When we grew up, when we were growing up, mom and dad, the influential adults in our life, one of the many things they probably did the best job that they knew how to at the time was to teach us about giving. But they probably didn't call it giving in the beginning. They called it sharing. And so we were to share what? Our toys, our stuff. And for some children, that might be easier than for others. And how many fights among siblings have happened? I'm thinking of the twins, not necessarily because they're yours, Jerry, but just twins. I mean, same age, growing up, no, mine, 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 right? And the, the vigilance, the conscientiousness is of any parent to try to help children to learn the experience of, of sharing because it's the portal in many ways to growing up with a healthy attitude about giving. And that's an important piece I think right there, a healthy attitude about giving. I really believe that many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, do have some places inside around this topic of giving that maybe need some healing and maybe need some stretching. And to the extent that we are willing to be honest with ourselves where we might need to heal some of our energy around giving or where we might need to stretch a little bit around giving, to the extent that we're willing to notice it and then do something about it, to that extent, our life begins to open up, become bigger and more beautiful. I want to lead with a primary theme or a primary idea of, of mine, and that is this. I do not believe that we give to get. I know there are prosperity teachers who teach give to get. I know that often quoted from the Old Testament is Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes to the storehouse, prove, test God, that God will open the windows of heaven and bless us a hundredfold. And that's where some of that religious teaching on tithing comes from. I tithe and have for many years. This is not a tithing talk. It really isn't. The idea of giving to me is not about getting. The idea of giving, whether it's of my time, my talent, my love, the things I do have, it is not about getting, it's about becoming. And that is very different motivation than giving to get. And what happens though, when we give to become, we change fundamentally inside. Our consciousness changes, our energetic field, our way of being in the world changes. And it changes at a much higher level and vibration in such a way that we attract naturally and automatically. When we give to become, not to get, attraction will happen of its own accord. So listen, I ask you to listen to everything I'm going to be speaking about from Gibran with that attitude or that mindset. So giving is not to gain favor. Giving is not to get something in return. Giving is not to be recognized. 
giving is to become. So the book, The Prophet, is the story, if you will, of a fictional wise man by the name of Al-Mustafa. And Al-Mustafa was um, in exile, according to the story, for about 12 years. And when it was time for him to finally go back to his homeland, the people that knew of him on the island and had, had been blessed by his wisdom asked him to give them a gift before he left. And the gift that they wanted him to give them was some of his wisdom. And so the story, the book is about this fictional character, this fictional wise man, Al-Mustafa, being approached by the people of the, the land he was, was in, asking him to talk wisely about the big issues of life, about love, about giving, about children, about service. And there's 26 of these short but deep things that he speaks about. So this one on giving, it is a rich man, the story goes, that approaches Al-Mustafa to say, and speak to us on giving. Kind of reminds me of the rich man who came to Jesus and wanted to gain eternal life. What, what, what must I do? One might think that it's odd that Gibran would have a rich man asking the question of teach us about giving. Would not a rich man already have figured all of that out? So anyway, this is in part the responses that Gibran get, or that Al-Mustafa gives to the rich man wanting to know about giving. The very first has to do with the idea of giving of ourselves, giving of ourselves. He says, you give but little when you give of your possessions. It is when you give of yourself that you truly give. You give but little when you give of your possessions. It is when you give of yourself that you truly give. Have you ever been on the receiving end of somebody really giving of themselves to you? completely selfless, being there at the moment in time that you absolutely needed somebody to be there. No judgment, full support, full support of the highest and best in you and for you. That was a priceless gift, was it not? A priceless gift. Every single one of us in this room is capable of that kind of giving. To give of ourselves, is to give of our time, to give of our energy, to give of our love, to give of our understanding, to give a hug when that is what is needed. Gibran is absolutely right. We give but little when we give of our stuff. It is when we give of ourselves that we are really giving. A second point that he touches upon, to put it in, in more common language today, would be the idea of the fear of lack and the, what sometimes comes as a result of the fear of lack is hoarding, somehow thinking that, boy, the way to, to deal with my feelings of just not having enough is to make sure I have as much as I possibly can. And I know there are a lot of books out there right now, some of them pretty high in the bestseller list, about decluttering. And that is such a powerful thing to do on so many different levels if we really do it consciously and conscientious, consciously and conscientiously. This is what Gibran writes. For what are your possessions but things you keep and guard for fear you may need them tomorrow? 
I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But how many of us have stuff in our closet, in our garages, and if we were on the East Coast, I'd say in our basements, maybe in our attics, that we have not used for years? And we probably won't, if we're honest, ever use them for years. In fact, if they disappeared, we'd probably not even know that they were gone because we don't remember we have them until we stumble over them. Right? For what are your possessions but things you keep and guard for fear? You may need them tomorrow. What shall tomorrow bring to the overprudent dog burying bones in the trackless sand as he follows the pilgrims to the holy city? And this is a powerful idea. And what is fear of need but need itself? What is fear of need but need itself? Is not the dread of thirst when your well is full the thirst that is unquenchable? To live in this state of giving, in this state of becoming, is to live with a generous and an open heart. It is to hold things lightly. It is to put back into circulation for others that which we no longer are using or enjoying the way we once did. And I cannot help but think of the beautiful work that our new ministry, Young Ministry, Gifted is all about, which is about inviting us as a community to, in one hand, practice that spiritual discipline of decluttering and looking at the things in our lives that at one point had great value and maybe tremendous sentimentality and great use, but that when we're honest with ourselves, we're not using anymore. And to say that we want to share them, we want to give them, and we want to give them with a piece of ourselves, meaning we want to share the story of the place that this item once had in our minds and in our hearts, though it no longer shares that space anymore. It is to divest ourselves of the clutter in an attempt to begin to free ourselves and heal ourselves of this belief that somehow we can ever, ever transcend that fear of lack by accumulation. We transcend or heal that fear of lack by becoming, by putting ourselves out there and circulating and sharing and trusting that that which we need when we need it will be there for ourselves. He writes as well and deeply and importantly about our motivation when we give. In part, he says, there are those who give little of the much they have and they give it for recognition and their hidden desire makes their gift unwholesome. Boy, he, he doesn't pull any punches. But he says it so poetically that it goes down a little bit easier, at least I think so. There are those who give little of the much they have and they give it for recognition and their hidden desire makes their gift unwholesome. Have you ever received a gift or been offered a gift, maybe you didn't take it, been offered a gift that had strings attached to it? Yeah, I hear the murmur. How did that feel? Icky. Did you really want the gift? Maybe you needed it and maybe you took it because you felt like you had to have it, but it probably didn't feel like very good. 
And how about when somebody who is a very accomplished giver gives you something, how does that, and you receive it, and it's something that you would like to have, how does that feel? You're quiet. Don't you know how that feels? It feels wonderful. It feels wonderful. I love listening to the stories after the last gifted event that we had at the, the center. I loved hearing the stories of the people in our community who did the giving. They got so much out of the act of giving the, because they had the joy of seeing how the other person responded. And you could have sworn they were the one receiving the stuff, but they were the ones giving. It goes to the motivation. And remember I said, giving is not about what? It's not about getting, it's about what? Becoming, becoming. I think every one of us in this room, without any exceptions, can grow and become even more in this capacity than we already are. And I believe every aspect of our life, personally and rippling out, will be benefited by the result of this. Gibran continues on this theme saying, there are those who give with joy and their joy is their reward. And there are those who give with pain and that pain is their baptism. What is that poster of the cat with the claws, everything I ever let go of had claw marks on it all the way down. <laughs> when we give our gift here or in any spiritual community, do we give it proud and happy with what we give? Or do we give it because we feel we have to or we're embarrassed? Or we give very little even though we have a lot but we don't want anybody to see how little we're giving, so we crumple it up. It's not the amount. Whether we're talking about a gift to a charity we believe in or to our spiritual community or any kind of gift, it's about are we giving it from a generous heart? We know if we are giving richly or if we are giving miserly. What is the teaching? As we give, so will come back to us. And it's not necessarily the stuff that comes back, it's the energy that comes back. When we give of our time, our talent, our treasure, our love, our support, with a stingy miserly consciousness, we're going to find that life responds to us with a stingy miserly energy back. If we wonder why things never seem to work out for us, or why we're always on the short end of things. Maybe we need to step back and ask, how generous is my heart when I have the opportunity to give? And am I giving from a place of wholeness? Is this making any sense? And check back in with yourself, okay? Just notice how you're feeling without judging it. Because what you see may give you an opportunity to go a little deeper and ask, gosh, is there something here for me to look at and maybe for me to work on healing. It's important that we also start wherever we are. Jaron says, there are those who have little and give it all. They are the believers in life and the bounty of life is, and the bounty of life and their coffer is, is never empty. The bounty of life and their coffer is never empty. I remember watching a program I recommended to this community some time ago. It's a program called The Kindness Diaries. Some of you I know watched it. If you haven't, 
it's, it's well worth checking out. It's about a young man who decides to step aside from a very um, prosperous, externally prosperous life and career to travel around the world um, at the mercy and kindness and generosity of complete strangers. And he does this with a small film, film crew watching him and, and following him. And it's all about his experiences all, truly all across the world, starting in LA and traveling in the world, seeing how generous and kind people actually are, asking them for a meal, asking them for a place to stay at night. And some of the most inspiring stories out of the kindness diaries, at least to me, are the generosity of some of the homeless people that he met and interacted with. The very people that we would think they've got so little they can't possibly give anything. Every one of us, no matter what our bank account says, has something that we can share and something that we can give that somebody else would be blessed by. Oh, I want to add one more thought in, in this piece. One of the most touching things that ever happened to me around, in this community around giving was an individual who had started coming pretty, pretty regularly and started to, to sign up for whatever giving she signed up for. And her gift started to grow and grow and grow. And I, I try very hard to acknowledge the giving in our community that as frequently and as best I can. And I was so touched and I just sent a, a thank you note to this individual. And this is what she sent back to me. She said, you know, this is the first church I have ever really wanted to give to. I look forward to giving. I actually want to give and, and am happy to do it was one of the most touching things I ever received because I know that in a church context, giving can bring up a whole lot of triggers and buttons. Another one of our members shared with me after first service that um, the offering time is her favorite time of the service. I said, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> and she proceeded to tell me that she was raised in a very Pentecostal family. Her mother was very Pentecostal. Her father did not go to church and that her mother gave so much money away to the church that it was a hardship to the family. And I don't remember if she said broke the family apart or nearly broke the family apart. And she said, so Wendy, I had a lot of energy around church and money and money in general and giving, but I've healed so much of that. And it's actually my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the, the service, never in 30 years seven years of ministry. Has anybody ever told me that? So I'm going to cherish that for a little while. So another, only two more ideas and I'll do it quickly. The idea of giving now, giving now. He writes, and is there aught you would withhold? All you have shall someday be given. Therefore give it now that the season of giving may be yours and not your inheritors. What was that quote I read a few weeks ago? I think it was from Denzel Washington. You'll never see a hearse, you'll never see a U-Haul following a hearse, <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to take that in for just a moment. And then you go, oh, I get it. And is there aught you would withhold? All you have shall someday be given. Therefore give it now that the season of giving may be yours and not your inheritors. I bet if you think back on some of the special times and places and ways you've really given a generous gift, 
your time, your treasure, I don't care what it was, if you think back on that, I bet you easily call back into your felt state the joy, your personal joy of that experience. I can think of times in my life of really giving in the most gen generous way and absolutely the joy of that experience is still palpable. And what do we know about our emotions and our feelings? Do they, do, do they have any impact at all on our bodies? Absolutely they do. Do they have any impact at all on our attitudes and our thoughts and our actions and our decisions? Absolutely they do. Does any of that have any impact on the quality of our life? You bet it does. You bet it does. And then let me end with some of the most um, often quoted words from Gibran on this particular piece, but I want to lead up to, to the way he writes it. He writes, you have often said I would give, but only to the deserving. The trees in your orchard say not so, nor the flocks in your pasture. Stop there for just a moment. That's really deep. What is he saying here? He's saying that there is an aspect of giving that doesn't look at the quality or the deservedness of the receiver. Would any of you say that's a, that's a really deep practice there, right? I, I, at least I think it's a very deep practice. You often say, I would give, but only to the deserving. The trees in your orchard say not so, nor the flocks in your pasture. They give that they may live. They give that they may live. For to withhold is to perish. They give that they may live. For to withhold is to perish. So I just invite you back to where I began the talk. And that is a willingness to just notice what arises in you, what thoughts or memories or fears or resistance or joys arise in you when you think about this idea of giving, when you think about this idea of becoming. And as you notice that, particularly anything that you realize is a stumbling block, spend a little bit of time with that in a non-judgmental way. Probe it a little bit deeper to ask yourself, what might this be about? And what might be the value of me healing this once and for all and transcending it? Namaste. Thanks for listening. The Unity Center, transforming lives and healing our world. Check us out Sundays at 9 and 11. Subscribe to our podcasts and download our free app for instant access to a wealth of spiritual teachings, services, and events.